0: I'm Chelsea Sedaro, and you know, I still see myself. It's pretty new to the sport. I'm super curious, and I want to learn from the best.
1: And I am Eric Gilsonen. You know, everyone is a triathlete. They just don't know it yet.
0: Who is your hero in the sport of triathlon?
1: The finish line, whether you're the first finisher or the final finisher, is where all people come together.
0: We're all out there together. That's what I live for. This This is the Chelsea and and Eric Eric Show. show. Uh. Today's guest is Sarah True. Sarah began her triathlon career in ITU, making history by finishing third at the 2011 World Cup Series in Kitzbühel, achieving the first ever podium finish for a U.S. woman. She then went on to compete in the 2012 and 2016 Summer Olympics, as well as finishing second in the 2014 ITU World Triathlon Series. Her entry into long course was equally impressive, qualifying for Kona in her first Ironman at Frankfurt in 2018 and subsequently coming in fourth in her debut in the Ironman World Championship race in Kona. Sarah has become a friend and mentor to me as I have entered my own triathlon journey. But I'm especially excited for this conversation because we're gonna talk about Sarah's recent pregnancy announcement and her excitement as she welcomes her new little baby into the world while also continuing her career on the race course. True. Welcome back to the Chelsea and Eric show. You are our first repeat guest, which obviously means you're extra special. Thank you so much for firing up to join me again.
1: Oh, Chelsea, I'm so happy to see you Um, and talk to you, obviously. Yeah, it's it feels like we just chatted, but our lives are both uh, very much in, in flux right now. Some big changes happening. So it's pretty wild. Last time we talked, you didn't disclose the fact that you were pregnant which is totally fair. And, you know, I I wasn't talking about our little family plans. So
0: there we go. Let's chat about that. Let's do it. I know. I'm so stoked to talk to you. We were talking all about the pandemic and plans for racing and coming back to sport after what you went through in 2019. And we have both had major life changes since that conversation. And And so first of all, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How many weeks pregnant are you now?
1: So I'm, I'm about 30 weeks right now. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's starting to become very real. You know, I, I've started to become in, get into nesting mode and go through the checklist of all the little things I need. It's yeah, it's wild. We're realizing that in just over two months, our lives are going to be dramatically different.
0: Absolutely. And, And from my experiences so far with having a seven week old, you know, you can like plan all you want and read all the things and buy all the things, but it is totally a trial by doing sort of situation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually pretty impressed that we are we're recording at 3 p.m. East Coast time. And we're recording at 3 p.m. East Coast time. So I I should have sent you a message and said, hey, listen, I know that uh, it can be really challenging with nap time and feeding schedules and all that. We should have just had a four hour block. It's like, listen, if there's an hour block where it works, just get me on the phone. We can do it. But this is amazing. So it seems like you and Sky figured
0: things out pretty well. I love it. You know, we definitely have not figured things out. We are a total (laughs) work in progress. You know, one thing that I didn't factor into becoming a new mom was that I could make all the plans and I could schedule things and I could design our life in a certain way, but there's actually another person, which is your child. And they have to really like subscribe to all of this as well. And oftentimes when they're six weeks old, they do not subscribe to your plan. So we're a work in progress, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Being yeah, a mom is best. You'll train
1: her. You'll train her.
0: She'll know. Yeah. Okay. Mom
1: has her cycling kit on. Right. I, I can't. I can't fuss for a few hours. I'll yeah. wait till she gets back.
0: But, you know. I'll train her she there. will train me. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I think you're right. That's probably a little little bit of both.
0: <laughs> hey, so my expectations and reality for pregnancy were wildly different. In fact, I have been quoted as saying that I thought that pregnancy would be a vacation. That is really, <laughs> that is not what it was for me. How has your pregnancy been so far? Like, was this what you planned, what you dreamed of? I actually went into it with no
1: real preconceived notions just because, you know, I've heard it's it's so variable. Now, so some women, it's not a big deal. They just kind of get through it. Other women are like... That was absolutely miserable. I never want to be pregnant again. And you just don't know where you're going to fall on that spectrum. So basically, I wake up every morning. I'm like, "How do I feel?" And the way kind of I'm thinking about it is, my my coach and I talked about this months ago. It's like I no longer have Coach Dan. I have Coach Baby True. And Coach Baby True is like, "Today, yeah, a swim's okay. We can go for a swim, like today." I think you should take a nap instead. I'm like, all right, baby, true. You're the boss. And so for me, that's been a huge shift where it's like, some days I feel awesome, some days I don't. And you just have to be super flexible and just roll with it.
0: Has that flexibility been a challenge for you or has it been kind of refreshing with where you're at in your career? I would say at, at first it was,
1: I mean, I've I've had two trimesters to get a get. Get to this very Zen place.
0: Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would be surprised if you kind of were in the same boat where I I found myself being really frustrated the first trimester. And I, I really struggled with it. Um, where I am used to your body being really predictable. Like, you know, there are certain stimuli like today I should be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I just don't understand why my heart rate is freaking out. And other days you're like, what the heck? I felt terrible yesterday. Today I feel normal. So just, I've had, I've had months to get to this place where I'm like, ah, it is what it is. Um, But I also think that the pandemic last year, you know, so 2020 really helped me kind of break out of that. You have a schedule and you stick to it mindset because I knew it just wasn't mentally sustainable for me to. Be feeling like I'm going to be racing two months from now, and then just always have the races kicked down the road. I knew yeah. that was going to be too hard for me. So last year I was pretty flexible. You know, I was still getting work done, and like that's kind of the the attitude I've adopted where I'm active. You know, I'm still able to do a lot. Like last week I was able to get in like 20 hours of exercise. It's very whoa. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that's awesome. But I also know that. Next week, it may be five, Um, you know, I may not be able to do anything like so it's it's just I think that if I hadn't gone through the last couple of years Mm -hmm. and just being totally in acceptance of this is what my body's doing today, this is how I'm responding and just be grateful for every single day where I can do something. uh, Yeah, this would be a lot. It'll, this would be a real mental challenge for me.
0: Yeah. I think that that's going to set you up really well for after giving birth to mm-hmm. when you decide to return to activity in whatever capacity you do, because your schedule isn't your own, of course, at least at the beginning. And having that flexibility and appreciation for movement when you can move, I think is Yeah, you're going to be fine.
1: It seems like, and obviously it's from the social media realm, but it seems like you've kind of adopted that where you're like, hey, I have a block of time where I can ride my bike easy and that's awesome. And, you know, like, this is, this is good. This, this is what it is. And you just kind of, you are gradually layering on blocks, but as long as you can get something done,
0: it feels, you feel like yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how I felt during pregnancy too, when I was able to get something and I just felt, you just feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any nausea or any like pelvic pain? Or are you still feeling pretty, pretty good from that sense?
1: Yeah. So I went through a period of time where uh, like the nausea was really, really bad. And then I've, I've learned, well, it's mostly heartburn in third mm. trimester. Nausea first trimester, the heartburn third trimester, and my OBGYN said, you're all good for Pylosec, uh, you know, so that's been my friend, but uh, I find, like, I will ride with Tums in my jersey pocket, because I don't know if you found the same thing, but just something about, like, that bike positioning, where you're smushing everything, and everything's already smushed, you uh, know. Give me a give me a little antacid, baby, because otherwise I would be a total mess. Pro um, tip, <laughs> pro tip. <laughs> Plus, it has calcium, which I guess is good too. So can't be I don't
0: bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But so yeah, right. I would
1: say the biggest change has been running, obviously. Um, so, like, whenever, and I don't know if you found this too, but there were I would I would try to run on the ground a few days in a row and we're not talking about anything long, but I would just feel really sore. Um, like my, you know, my, my pelvic, uh, yeah. So just having like that, that extra weight, um, and I've been doing all of my strengthening exercises, but like, I've just learned to, I can't run, you know, consecutive days, on the ground. Like I have to I have to vary it up. So like I've just been doing a lot of riding because that's still pretty comfortable. Swimming's awesome. Uh but running I just I you know, I'm okay doing every other day and maxing out at 45 minutes. Cuz I know a month from now if I can do that
0: I'll be happy. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it sounds like you're it sounds like you're crushing it honestly with what you've been able to do. I'm super impressed and happy for you. That's awesome.
1: Well, it's it, like I said, it is what it's like I've I've also had weeks where uh you know I, I don't I don't want it like I just want to sleep. Um I mean I'm sleeping like an absolute champ right now. And I'm I'm happy about it, but it also it makes me really nervous because I'll go to bed at nine, wake up at eight, get a two hour plus nap in every day, and I realize that, you know, this is something that we, we're both in this privileged position as athletes where we have that time. I have no idea how, you know, women with nine to five jobs and other obligations, they must be so tired because I need that much kind of sleep to function. And then there's going to be a newborn and I'm not going to get any sleep. So <laughs> maybe it's just my body's way of being like, all right, bank it. Bank it, Sarah, because soon enough, it's going to be... Adi-
0: absolutely Were you
1: sleeping a whole
0: bunch <sighs> yeah I was sleeping really well for most of my pregnancy during the last couple of weeks I was getting a little bit more uncomfortable and I think I was starting to just like feel a lot of anticipation for the birth and I was I started getting contractions actually like a couple of weeks before I ended up delivering and so I just was on the edge of my seat at that point sort of waiting for her to get here but yeah, I don't know. It's amazing what you can handle, I think, when you have the little nugget in your in your arms. Your sort of like perspective all, for what good the, sleep is totally hormones. changes. <laughs> yeah. All those hormones. Although, <laughs> although during the first two weeks after Sky was born, I was saying to Steve, Oh my goodness, this is no problem. I don't know what people are talking about. Like, let's have another one. And at two and a half weeks, Sarah, it hit me hardcore. (laughs) I was getting a little too cocky, I think.
1: You know, that's, that's actually, I've, I've heard that before. So my, uh, my sister's like, oh, the first week you, you just have such an endorphin high. Like you just feel like you can crush it. That that's no big deal. And then it catches up with you. It's a ton of bricks. Um, yeah, not to, not to scare you,
0: but. Earl. You already went through it. Not to scare me. <laughs> Not to scare you. That's right. That's right. And people shouldn't be telling you any of their horror stories about birth or post birth because you're gonna do great and and you'll figure everything out. But I
1: I'll I'll do what I'll do. And the, the problem is I don't know if you had this mindset. Um did you did you and Steve do a birthing class?
0: We did we did a hypno birthing class, Sarah, which was f- five sessions long of two and a half to three hours yes my poor husband it's a very mindful approach to birth it's a little woo woo but it's kind of my jam and so I thought that I was very well prepared for my birth you can't really prepare I mean you can prepare but ultimately like you already know the baby true is the boss sky was the boss and so we were we were on her birthing plan but how about you guys have you done a birthing class
1: yeah, and it was, it was thankful, I think it was good, because it was really, um, basically, they're like, you can't have a birth plan. It's I mean, perfect. you can have things in mind that you would like, but you can't stick to, you know, the strict agenda of how things are going to unfold, because you never know. It's just, we're going to inform you with, or we're going to give you all the information, uh, so you can make informed decisions along the way. But ultimately, it's going to be you may say you may not want an epidural and then you actually go through it and you want an epidural but one of one of the funny parts was they showed us these videos and there was this one video of uh, a woman and it was the whole process going through early labor and then she goes to the hospital and I'm watching the early labor stuff and I'm like, ah. Oh! She has like four people helping her out in early labor. Like she's freaky. She's like doing yoga and like breathing exercises. I'm like, what a wimp. <laughs> like, cause I understand once you're going into active labor, it's very painful and it's very hard, but I'm like, oh, I was just some contractions, whatever. And then afterwards I'm like, Hey, excuse me, instructor. Um, I like, she seems like, I don't know. She was kind of, overplaying it you know it can't be that bad right she's like i would say that's a pretty average experience i'm like oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> i'm just I'm, I'm not gonna have a team of people like coaching me through that stage yeah once i get to the hospital but uh right yeah and and ben ben just won't let me drop that one because he's like you think you're going to be all tough and everything, and you are going to be, like, screaming at me and <laughs> just a total mess. I'm like, it's possible. It's possible.
0: I want to think I'm tough, but I'm actually not. I don't know that you'll be. <laughs> you are very tough, and I think look, that you will do great. You will do great. It,
1: it Well, Chelsea, we'll just have to have a follow-up in a few months, and I'll be like,
0: I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, we'll share like- our birth stories Off the podcast after you've given birth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I was one centimeter of dilation and I
0: asked for all the drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hey, so Sarah, you are 39 years old. Yes. You are a two-time Olympian. Yes. A very accomplished Ironman athlete. Tell our listeners about your decision to start a family at this stage in your career.
1: I, uh, you know, so, so my husband's also an athlete, he's a professional runner. And, you know, so much of our lives have been dictated by the Olympic cycles. So after 2016, we talked about it. Um, you know, like, we weren't sure we were quite there. And we, you know, t- two people and a couple, you have to be on the same page, all that good stuff. We just didn't feel like we were quite there. So it was one of these all right, after, after the 2020 cycle, then we'll do it, you know? And then it became, um, with the, with the Olympic games getting moved a year, just partway through the year where like, you know, the spring rolls around, summer rolls around, I'm like, you know what, Ben, I, I don't want to wait. Cause I don't, I don't know when I'm going to be returning to racing. Uh, you know, the Olympic games, being pushed to 2021, it still might not happen. Uh, you know, I got pregnant in the fall. Um, like I'm due in July. So that's after Olympic trials, you know, it, it wasn't the exact plan, but it actually worked really well. The last thing I wanted was to have uh, a child and he goes into Olympic trials, you know, with a two month old and he's completely exhausted. And he hasn't had a good training block. Um, I didn't want to get in the way of of his goals for the summer. So Baby True has to just hang in there until after mid-June. <laughs> they
0: will. So I think if our if our listeners listen to the last episode we did, they know that your husband Ben is a professional runner. He's incredibly accomplished. So you have, you know, this dual pro athlete household it sounds like obviously you had to take both of your careers into account when planning to get pregnant and start your family how do you think this this will work for you guys post baby or have you have you thought about kind of balancing both of your careers whether that be you know on the race course with baby for both of you or whether you have some other high performance career you're chasing as well i think like any any couple where where
1: both individuals are working you you want to be able to preserve your professional goals your professional aspirations but you realize there has to be some degree of flexibility and a lot of communication between the two of you so obviously you know we both want to continue racing what that looks like i i don't know maybe maybe uh what's good is i think ben's probably going to do more marathon uh, you know, moving forward after, after this track season. So marathon, you can only do so many a year. Uh, so there's less travel for him with Ironman. I'm doing so much less travel than I used to do with short course racing. You, you'll notice that if you follow triathlon, uh, the short course racing, very, very few athletes are parents in that format just because you have to go all around the world. What's great about, you know, the 70.3 and Ironman distance is you don't race a ton by comparison. And, you know, you can, I can race solely in North America and have it be fairly easy. I, you know, I might be gone for a few days, but it's not like I'm going from Japan to Spain to, you know, China the next weekend, you know, with a little one in tow. So it's, It's a lot more achievable once you go into the longer distances. It's just, we'll probably have to sit down and say, all right, realistically, when am I going to be ready to race? Hopefully, like, I don't know, six to eight months uh, postpartum. What does that look like for you? What is your race schedule? Okay, so working back from there, um, what makes sense for the two of us? But that's honestly, that's, that's any parent athlete couple where they're your professional couple or or professional athletes or your amateur athletes. Like there, there are plenty of amateur athletes who, uh, you know, are serious about Ironman who they have to figure this stuff out too. Um, just
0: one person gets to race that day and the other person's doing their childcare and then you trade off. People talk about how much more relatable female athletes become once they have a family. And I've really found that I relate more so much more to like the women in my life who are not athletes now that I have a child, because like you said, you can't, you're not getting 11 hours of sleep at night. You're not napping for a couple hours of the day and kind of figuring out your life and your schedule is totally different than it was pre-baby. Like you have to really plan like women who, who have nine to fives do. And so I find, um, yeah, it's a really interesting point of connection with other with other women, athletes and non-athletes.
1: Yeah, for sure. yeah, it's it's something that a lot of people may not realize, oh, th- there are plenty of pro athletes uh, by the way, who who do have you know, kids and they have jobs on top of racing. So they must be really on top of their schedules. But a lot of us were like, oh, I have a bike ride, I have a run today, a little swim. And you just kind of, okay, we'll have master swim at this time, then everything else you just kind of fit along the way. I'd imagine that, you know, once you have kids, it's okay, I have from nine until 11 for this bike ride, I cannot go to the coffee shop afterwards, I have to have all my equipment, you know, dialed in because I can't have like a half hour rollout beyond what I expect, because I just have this amount of time. So it's, I think we do have, we normally come from this really privileged position of some, you know, schedule flexibility and we're just going to have to learn how to schedule better.
0: (laughs) Oh geez. So Sarah, who is on team true? Tell us about your support team and who's going to pitch in when the little nugget gets here. That's funny. So we, I actually do call it nugget. Ben calls it savage. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious to me so it's 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 definitely savage these days with all the kicks um so let's see we're really lucky because our family's in in the area ben's family is about three hours away and they they want to come and help out as much as possible you need to have your your own space as you're figuring out the family stuff so finding that balance but then What really helps is my brother and sister-in-law and their four kids live in town and she's a pediatrician. She's already signed up to be Baby True's uh, pediatrician. But it's funny because I I, all my questions, I know who I can ask because they they've gone through it. But also she deals with kids on a daily basis. Um, I mean, it's it's to the extent where like the. My my niece is so excited. She started crying. She was so excited to find out. Like they're just they're just crazy about kids over there. My nephew, who's only a few years old, he's already gifted the baby a Strider bike because Aww. he's outgrown his. I know. They're like, yeah, anytime, just drop the baby off. We won't even notice. We already have four, which I won't do. Um, but still, you know, I I think I'm going to be texting her all the late night questions and then. My parents live up the road about half an hour away. So, a lot of a lot of family support. Now, how how about you? Your 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 mom's helping out quite a bit, right? That's amazing, Sarah.
0: Yeah. My we actually moved down the street from my parents a couple of months before Sky was born because my husband is in the middle of fire academy and is going to be applying for firefighter jobs over the next couple of months. So, he has kind of major career obligations going on. And My mom actually is a doctor and she practiced OB for 20 years. And I keep on saying to people, I don't know how I would do this if I didn't have an OBGYN family doctor on call at all hours of the day, (laughs) of the day and night. So yeah, she's been amazing. And when they're so little, like I cannot imagine, and people have to do this right now. I just can't imagine sending my daughter to daycare. There's Mm. only a couple of people that I really feel comfortable leaving her with. And so it's going to be amazing for you to have that family support from yeah, from no, the very beginning.
1: No, you're you're right. Just the the idea of leaving a six week old as you go back to work that I can't even I can't even imagine how hard that would be. Yeah, totally. so it, it it is interesting. I, I'm I'm sure you did the parenting book uh, thing beforehand. You know, get all the research and just how how we approach raising children. Is it's really hard on parents here in this culture because it's supposed to be this communal act where uh, so I think another Hoka athlete uh, Alphine was talking about this where she's like yeah you know back in Kenya where I grew up you know a baby's born and everybody chips in you know it's it's this whole family affair where you raise it it's not you raising a child it's it's your extended family raising a child basically and you know in this country all of a sudden we expect parents to do it on their own and no wonder it's so
0: overwhelming absolutely and i think that there's a lot of pressure on mom there's a lot of judgment mm. on mom about the right way to do things and and it's a lot when you first have a baby there's the baby of course like relies on you for food if if you decide to breastfeed Um, but I think that it's meant, it's meant to be sort of a community rearing, like you really need help. I don't think that anyone should be expected to raise a newborn on their own. So I'm happy to hear that you have awesome family around.
1: Yeah, no. So you, you did mention all these kind of expectations we put on, on women. Have you found, uh, let's, let's be kind and say it's not Judgment, but feedback from people, you know, also as an athlete, where you know, like you're you're coming back too soon, blah blah, blah, you know, just weighing in, or, or you're doing too much exercise. Have you have you felt
0: any of that? I had some comments that I didn't super appreciate on my social media when I was running, kind of at the later stages of my pregnancy, saying that I should be resting and that that isn't good for the baby, which we know is not true exercise is actually really healthy for your baby right um i haven't had it i haven't had any comments about rushing back too soon or maybe i just haven't heard them because i'm kind of in my in my baby bubble still but i think that yeah i think there is pressure i I Mm. feel like pressure to do things a certain way and and ultimately like you can plan as much as you want but but it's another human like we talked about before like your baby has to is part of that kind of these kind of like decisions of how they're going to feed and how they're going to sleep it's not just you deciding things and so you know like for me breastfeeding has been a real challenge it's not something that i anticipated Mm. being really hard but it's been a real challenge for sky and i and um that's kind of out of our, our control and we just have had to like go with the flow and 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 do our best but i think that you know you see this like perfect image of women breastfeeding and it not being a big deal. And it's such a beautiful thing, but like for us, it's been a really hard experience. And so I don't know. I think that it's important to give yourself a little bit of grace, especially in those early stages of motherhood.
1: Yeah. I, I have heard that too, that it it can be really challenging. And there's just this weird element of shame, even though uh, in other, in other cultures there, there isn't, um, did you did you read bringing Up baby?
0: I have read it. Yeah, I have.
1: <laughs> but I I just I mean, I loved the message just that, hey, listen, if breastfeeding doesn't work for you, there are billions of babies who turn out perfectly fine on formula. Like, right. There is no shame. But I think especially probably in like the group, like the circles that we are in, it's the whole, you know, breastfeeding or nothing kind of mentality. And, yeah. you know, it, it isn't that way. All of this stuff, it, there's a spectrum, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I've kind of had to learn, had to learn by doing. Yeah. Right. So not to get too deep here, but you have been very vocal about your mental health struggles and you've, you know, become an advocate for mental well-being for athletes Something that has surprised me are some of like the mental health struggles that I've actually had since having Sky. You know, you expect it to be the happiest time of your life. You're welcoming your child to the world um, and you just like love this person more than anything. And and I certainly feel that, but I have actually had some postpartum anxiety that has totally caught me off guard. I'm wondering kind of like with Mm. your history with your advocacy have you thought about um some of the mental health struggles that you might face or you have faced during your pregnancy and how you might plan for that
1: yeah i mean first off i'm i'm sorry you're going through that it's also so common and we don't talk about it because we just want to show the happy baby and happy mom photos but it's it's so so hard for a lot of women and you know be, because i have a history of depression uh, it has been on my mind. When when I found out that I was pregnant, I expected to be, you know, really happy. This is something I wanted. You know, this is, this is a baby that is entering, you know, family that's going to be very welcoming, like everything. This is a good timing. Just check all the boxes. And I was really surprised to uh, find myself you know, in, in depression, like in, in my first trimester and, you know, talking through with, uh, my OB, um, we, we ended up putting me on antidepressants. Like I'm, you know, I'm going through very specific therapy, um, you know, to, to kind of prepare me for, uh, the postpartum stuff. But I didn't know that perinatal depression was, was a pretty common thing. but you think about as, you know, it's this huge life transition. It's massive. And, you know, because I'm so used to feeling a certain way in my body, like having a certain identity, like all of that gets thrown out the window in a very short period of time. I, you know, for me, that was, you know, back in the fall. And it's like, I am only now kind of wrapping my head around all this stuff. Uh but yeah, it's it's required a lot of deliberate work on my part because not out of fear that um, you know when when baby True is born that I'll depressed, but I'll be depressed. But just knowing that it is so common, I really wanted to be proactive, and I think that's you know so much of my my mental health advocacy is based on that, like helping people get the skills uh, you know that they need to be able to go through hard periods of time. And I'm in. I'm anticipating. Maybe it's going to be awesome. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> but I would rather have those tools at my disposal if things go really, really bad. Um, because I, I, I know if you have them, then you can get through it. You can have the right uh, resources at your disposal, and it's. I think it's that's empowering. Whereas I think when we mostly talk about mental health. It's, it does the exact opposite. Most of our conversations about it. It's really disempowering where there's something wrong with you. You need to be fixed. Instead, I try to shift the conversation, um, at least with myself more towards, all right. So there's some areas where you need to work on to be able to be prepared in case uh, it gets worse um, and to be able to know that it will be okay. I'm all about preparation, I guess. I don't know.
0: (laughs) That's why you're so good at your job. Sarah, <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing that. I think it's so powerful and and brave and I know you're kind of used to talking about this, but but I don't think it's it's probably ever super easy and I think that this will be really helpful for for our listeners in dispelling some of that shame because postpartum and perinatal anxiety and depression are way more common than we know. Um, your body is flooded with all of these hormones and then you have a letdown of hormones after you give birth. And so it makes sense that there would be, that there could be some like mental health issues that people would face.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and just surrounding, uh, you know, fertility and reproduction in, in general. So there, there are so many couples who really struggle with uh, infertility and, you know, the, both uh both individuals can really really have you know some pretty l- severe depression and it's these we don't talk about it we don't talk about this stuff openly because there is there is this you know stigma of of shame um but it is it it's really really hard for a lot of people um you know whether you want to start a family you're in the process of it or you're you have a family. It's very stressful. And it's that stress that can really bring out some some depression, some anxiety, some mental health issues. I mean, there are a lot of triggers that are really woven into the whole fabric of, uh, you know, being or hoping to be a parent.
0: Do you have any tips that you could share with other? I know that you're not. You are not yet a therapist or psychologist, although we know that you're working towards that. Do you have any tips that you could maybe share for women who are trying to get pregnant or who are pregnant, who, who might be struggling with, with these things? I think the biggest thing is just know that it's really normal.
1: Uh, and speaking openly with, so your, your OBGYN may not be the best person to talk to about these feelings. Um, but there are really, really good therapists out there who do specialize in this stuff. Uh so the the therapist I'm working with our skill set is very much geared towards this. Um you know there are therapists who work on uh you know pregnancy loss and they can give you the tools to be able to go through it. I think the biggest thing is just knowing that it's really common, knowing that you can get specific help and not seeing it as, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, it's just, it's so hard. All this stuff is really, really hard. and Most of us need help in some shape or form to navigate it.
0: Uh, just what that help looks like depends on the individual. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I certainly have, have needed help throughout this experience myself. And so I, I appreciate you normalizing that a little bit for us. Hey, so <laughs> I, My body changing or the experience of watching my body change during pregnancy was a total trip. (laughs) You know, we're used to being this machine and very in control of our faculties. And there were parts about my pregnant body that I loved, but it was also very bizarre to watch my body grow, which it needs to do to to carry a human. What has that been like for you?
1: Honestly, uh, I thought I would kind of like it. I would like the changes, and it has only been in the past week where I now, I now kind of like it. Um, but that's, I mean, I'm I'm around about thirty weeks in. It's taken me that long to look in the mirror and not be. It's not disgust. That's too strong of a word. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like me. Um, but now I'm realizing that for the time being, this is me. And I think it's hilarious. So I now I'm now at the point where I think it's really, really funny. Um, because I I'll just walk by a mirror and be like, Oh my goodness. I, and Ben keeps on telling me that like, I am, my stomach is quite a bit larger than I realize for a while. I think I was in denial. Like, whatever my my Burke jersey totally fits i don't know what you're talking about i can definitely wear this bathing suit in public <laughs> and then finally i've gotten past the point of denial where i'm like this is actually quite funny that i can't put my shoes on normally um mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that that i have fine i've wrapped my head around it um but yeah i did i did not I really, I, I've, I've struggled with that too. Like second trimester, kind of the awkward phase, um, not feeling like myself, not looking like myself. It it was a lot harder than I would have expected.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what I went through too. Actually. I thought that I would just feel like I was glowing from the moment of conception, (laughs) but the, the second trimester I think was the most challenging for me when I felt I still felt really sick throughout my second trimester and I wasn't in that awkward stage of sort of looking pregnant, but sort of not. But I think in the third trimester when my belly really started to pop a lot and, and your baby's kicking more. So you have that, I don't know, I start to I start to feel that connection a bit more um, that I really kind of enjoyed, enjoyed being pregnant. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we, we have conversations now, and and that's a fairly recent development. Um, like, I would kind of talk before, but now it's full on, ready to jump into the pool. Like, what do you think about swimming today? What what should we do? What, <laughs> like, where do you want to ride our bike today, baby? <laughs>
0: I love it. As you should, as you should. Are there any, are there any athlete moms that you have reached out to for advice or support? Any mentors that you've turned to? You know, one
1: of the things I love is, uh, so. I mean, obviously my number one mentor is my sister-in-law, uh, also my sister. I mean, the, the two of them are great. Uh, in terms of athletes, um, what I love, and I think probably you had the same experience, was that how willing people were, uh, women, you know, mothers were to reach out and just say, if you need advice, I'm here for you. it you know, just wanting to share the experience in some way. And it, it made me like you referenced earlier in the podcast. It really made me feel like I was part of this community that I didn't. And you know, I, I was never privy to before. So, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, all the, all these women are reaching out with their experiences, you know, with things that I can use. Um, I just, I love that. I love that so much. And I I love the fact that right now we obviously have a bit of a baby boom in, you know, the Iron Man worlds and just following, you know, following you and Sarah and all these women who've recently, you know, given birth and following their journey now, obviously, it's it's different because it's what you're seeing on social media. Um, but yeah, i've I have a few people i I reach out to and ask them. But so much of it is you realize the more people you talk to, the more you realize you just your experience is going to be your experience. So yeah, you can you can get little pieces of feedback, but you just have to trust yourself and trust your understanding of your body. and that's that's the most important part
0: hundred percent we are very we are very excited to welcome you to the triathlons moms club (laughs) the real moms of triathlon yeah it's it's
1: funny because uh like all the recent uh you know baby announcements and stuff cameron Werf keeps on posting that the iron kids in like 2022 is going to be out of control (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: speaking of iron man racing what is what is exciting you most in the sport right now? What are your plans to return to sport or, you know, are there, are, what, what do you want to, you know, accomplish still? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I definitely want to race
1: and I think it's hard for me to anticipate, uh, you know, what level of additional meaning is going to be p- on top of, you know, how my, my, you know, my racing and training already brings me a lot of, you know, fulfillment personally. But I definitely think once there's a baby involved, it's gonna bring something else in, into it. And I'm I can't until I get there, I don't know what it's gonna be. Um but part of it I think is just proving it's the same reason why I wanted to do Iron Man from the get go was to prove to myself that I could. And I think that's probably this next stage is that I want to prove to myself that I can still race fast and be a mom. I know it's obviously possible because we see tons of moms doing it, but just proving to myself that I can still do it.
0: That's amazing. I'm really I'm really excited to to watch your journey as you experience that. It's going to be great. Well, I'm excited for
1: your first Ironman.
0: Whenever that's going to be me too. I know I'm so excited. Do you know, do you have one kind of penciled? Uh, you know, I want to do one at the end of this year. Cool. My coach, my, my coach, Dan, please is very smart as is your coach. And I just got my first week of training Mm. sent to me last night and he's way too smart. It's way more conservative (laughs) conservative that i <laughs> i was hoping for but that's why i pay <laughs> him to do that so that i don't do anything
1: dumb this this is why we have coaches um, that's right that sounds remarkably similar to some of the times that i've had with my dan coach my coach dan where it's like Nah, i totally do then i'm like no nah, you you were right <laughs> tail between <laughs> my legs i was wrong i should have listened to you this <laughs> is why i pay you so I think he yeah, knows what he's talking great. about. Both of both our Dan's, both are coach Dan's.
0: But both of our Dan's are pretty smart guys. Have you felt pretty good support from your from your coach when you told him you were pregnant from your sponsors? Yeah, absolutely. So I I don't know how you
1: felt before the the sponsor talk. I was I was not at all worried about telling my coach because um, he knew that this was something that, uh, you know, we've been talking about. And I was nervous about telling sponsors, but they've just been super supportive. I have been blown away. Um, you know, th- they realize just what a change it's been for for female athletes in the past few years. And I think our timing is really good, Chelsea. Um, <laughs> it's a good time to be a mom in sports. Yeah, because companies are realizing that you know, it, it adds it adds value like you are a human being and you have complex lives and like we should be there to support through all of that because you know like if ultimately the the goal is to uh reach out and appeal to you know the the general public um i mean th- this is part of this is part of what connects us to people potentially like, you know, you, you see when brands really get it, um, they understand that it's a way to humanize their, their pro athletes.
0: Absolutely. I truly believe that female athletes are oftentimes that they're most marketable when they're going through pregnancy and returning to sport. It's just amazing to see so many sponsors being supportive of, of female athletes right now. And I look forward to more brands getting on board with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. That was, it was cool. Cause, um, Olga, like a month ago, they had, uh, they had Instagram live with some of their, uh, female athletes who are mothers. Yeah, And I was, I was sneaky watching it because I hadn't yet told people, uh, that I was pregnant, but, but I just, it, it was so nice to see a brand using their athletes. Um, as a resource for the community. And it gave me a lot of appreciation for what those women are have gone through and are going through.
0: Absolutely. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. We know you have to scoop, but as always, I just appreciate you and your honesty and your energy. And it's so great to, to catch up with you. And I'm just wishing you all of the best um, and all of the joy in the months to come.
1: Oh, thanks, Chelsea. Um, I can't. I can't wait to be out in the race course with you, and you know our our babies can be hanging out together.
0: <laughs> I I so look forward to that. That will be a grand day when it happens. That would be
1: amazing. <laughs>
0: thanks for listening. The Chelsea and Eric show is brought to you by Hoka One One and Ironman.